Bob Goff says this, I used to want to fix people, but now I just want to be with them. Isn't that a great line? Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody that wanted to fix you? It's not very fun, is it? Especially if it's a romantic relationship. Sometimes I think girls and, and boys are just as bad, okay? But girls get the rap for dating a guy and they don't really like him, but they think they can fix him, right? And uh, girls, if that's in your mind, I want you to know it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. And same is true. Guys, you're not going to fix her. And the truth of the matter is sometimes the most powerful way to transformation is through simply being, simply being. Uh, I want to tell you some stories today from uh, my early young adulthood. I went to Bible school right out of high school and graduated in, uh, well, we don't need to say the, well, you know I'm 50, right? So it doesn't matter. Graduated in 1986 from Bible school and uh, my dad, of course, was very concerned that I would find a job. And uh, like most high school graduates, I thought, you know, I can just live on my good looks or something. But, um, but I wasn't quite as worried as everybody else was. But right towards the end of graduation, I got a job offer from a large church in Boise, Idaho. And, and uh, it was right up my alley. And so I, I took this job as the musical director. But one of the things that was really appealing about this job was that I was going to be working with a very... Uh, who would become a very close friend of mine. His name is Jay Taylor, and he's had a profound influence on my life. In fact, I think I have a picture of him and his wife and me and Chris. There you go. That's uh, in, in the early days. Uh, Jay, Jay and Cheryl and I all went to the same college together. We were classmates. We knew each other a little bit in college, but Jay was a year ahead of me and Cheryl was in my class and they got engaged uh, our, our senior year. But Jay had left the Seattle area and had landed in Boise in this church and they were looking for a musical director and Jay said, I know just the guy. And so he called me to see if I'd be interested in this job and I took the job. And, uh, and I was really excited to be able to work with Jay even though I didn't know him well. But when I moved to Boise, it was right after Jay and Cheryl had gotten married and, and we were all getting set up and figuring out how to live life as real adults because we were all just newly graduated from college. And Jay sprung this idea on us. He said, I've always been intrigued with the idea of biblical community, okay? I've always been intrigued by the idea of biblical community and I think we should live in community. Now, if his wife had understood what was going to happen, she should have said no. But um, she didn't. And, and I had great respect for Jay. And, and, and so I said, yeah, let's do that. And we just decided, the three of us, because I wasn't married to Chris yet, um, the three of us decided we were going to live together. And the way we did that, uh, Jay was able to find us a fourplex that had two units open. And so they rented one of the, the apartments and I rented the other one. And we just set up housekeeping, sharing as much as we possibly could. We ate meals together. We, we bought a washer and dryer together. They were in my apartment. So Cheryl would come up to do laundry in my apartment. That was awkward sometimes. And... Um, because you know how 24-year-old guys are, right? And, uh, and we just shared everything. And, and, and we just wanted to do life together as much as we possibly could. And so 
um, Jay and I decided that we would help each other out in our ministries, even though I was directing music and he was the youth pastor. We did it all together. And so I did music for youth and he did drama for our big uh, Christmas and Easter musicals. And we just worked together. We were just constantly in each other's lives. And, and it worked really well. We even played together most of the time. I can remember uh, playing Rook until the wee hours of the morning. Anybody ever play Rook? That's an old game that not very many play. old people play that. But uh, back in the day, back in the day, that was a lot of fun. But just to give you, just to give you an idea of what, of what living in community meant, we got to know each other really, really well. And the longer you get to know somewhere more, someone more and more of the boundaries start to fall, right? And, and so you just become comfortable with, with each other. One Friday night in the summer, Boise gets so hot in the summer. And we, you know, we lived where the poor people in Boise live, you know, not the big, big beautiful places. And we were living in these little apartments. It was so hot. We don't have air conditioning. I don't think we even had fans. We're playing cards. We've got all the windows and the doors open. Next thing I know, Jay takes all of his clothes off down to his underwear. And um, there was one other guy playing with it. So it was, it was his wife, two guys, and Jay. And we're like, Cheryl's like horrified. Jay, what are you doing? You know, and he said, well, I'm married to you and these are dudes. So I'm the only one here that can do that. <laughs> so he played cards in his underwear and whatever. But that, you know, that was kind of the stuff that went on. Jay and Cheryl... Uh, we're very influential in Chris and I developing our relationship as stormy as it was. And, and, and this one day, Chris and I talk about it all the time. We were just beginning to be interested in each other. I don't think we'd even gone out on a date yet. And we were watching movies at, at Jane, in Jane Cheryl's apartment. And Jane and Cheryl were sitting on the couch and Chris and I were laying on the floor. Our heads were, were towards each other, you know, and, and laying in opposite directions. And all of a sudden, I felt somebody kind of playing with my hair. And so I liked this girl, so I moved a little closer to her. And somebody was playing in her hair, and she moved a little closer to me. We found out later it was Jay playing in both of our hairs with his feet. <clears throat> I mean, there was, there was just nothing off limits few years later. I mean, we lived like this for, for two years in Boise, and then we all moved to Seattle together, and that was a whole nother episode of craziness. And uh, I, I remember one time, Jay and Cheryl and I, still Chris wasn't married to me yet, and we were all going to a church conference together in the Seattle area, and they had made their hotel reservations. I had made my re hotel reservations. I went to check in and found out the hotel didn't have a room for me for whatever reason. It had been bungled. And so Jay said, you can just stay in our room. We'll get a rollaway. And so they called down to the front desk. All the rollaways were taken. And Jay says, well, there's a king bed. We'll just all sleep together. All sleep in the middle. And so the three of us spent the night. It, I didn't get much sleep. That was really strange. But um, it, it was just that kind of a relationship where where anything went, and we were sharing everything together. And I, I don't think I realized it at the time how deeply influential that relationship was. But it, it really, truly changed me. One of the things in some of my fondest memories are the times when Jay would be leading 
discipleship groups for teenagers and for young adults. And anytime I was around, of, of course, we just did life together. And so I was a part of it. And we, uh, we would have deep, hours-long discussions about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We would study books together that many of which I have passed on to you guys as, as you are learning to walk with Jesus. Those foundational years were done when we were living in community. And, and here's the thing that I love about this relationship in my life. What I didn't know at the time was that Jay was very intentionally teaching me what it meant to walk with Jesus. And he was doing it in the same way that Jesus did it. And it was just by living life together. And it was, it was an absolutely transformative time in my life. Jay had been raised in a pastor's home, and although, although we had gone to the same Bible college and had similar backgrounds, Jay had, had lived his life with a very wise, very wonderful Christian man, and he really, to me, was like uh, a Paul would be to a Barnabas. He was my mentor. He was my model, and he changed my life, but he didn't do it by teaching me a class or going through a workbook with me. He changed my life by simply being with me over the course of years. And I want to ask you a question this morning. Who do you like being with? Who do you like being with? Who, who are the people in your life that you could just hang out for hours and hours and hours and you wouldn't be checking your watch all the time? Who are those people? Aren't they the people that it's just comfortable to hang with? They don't necessarily have an agenda in your life. They're not trying to impose some, some, some change on you. They are just happy to be your friend. In some really profound way, this is exactly who God is to us. And we know that because he sent Jesus to be with us. There's an ancient prophecy in the book of Isaiah. Actually, it, it was flashed up on the screen in that video that we showed just a moment ago. And it says this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, when it's translated into English, just means God is with us. God is with us. If you want to follow along in your Bibles with me, I want to read part of the Christmas story to you in Matthew chapter 1. The guys are passing out note cards. If you didn't pick them up already, you can feel free to raise your hand and they'll get them to you. And if you've got your Bibles or, or Bible software on your phone or something like that, follow along with me, would you, in Matthew chapter 1 as we read a very familiar passage of scripture about the birth of Jesus. Matthew chapter one, starting at verse 18, it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. In other words, Joseph and Mary were gonna be married. They were basically engaged and she was found to be pregnant, but it wasn't Joseph's baby. And, and we know now, after 
reading the, the rest of the story, it was the Holy Spirit that had miraculously conceived Jesus in her womb. Verse 19 says, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then uh, the, the writer, John, adds this little commentary. He says, all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken of by the prophet, that the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, if you're taking notes today, you can just jot this down. The word Emmanuel means God is with us. And this is one of the names of Jesus. Last summer, I, I did a whole series on the names of Jesus. And actually, I taught on this particular name. If you want to go deeper, you could go back in our podcast history on our web, website and, and listen to that podcast if you want to go a little deeper today. But that name, Emmanuel sometimes spelled with an E, you'll see it both ways, uh, but it's the same name, means that God is with us. And, and I'm calling this message series, What Love Does. And let me tell you today, for this message series, what love does. Here it is. This is what love does. It withs. Okay, now all of you grammarians, okay, I understand that the word with is not a verb, okay? But I, I played around with all kinds of different verbs. I couldn't come up one, with one better than this. Okay, listen. What love does, it withs. I, I, I tried love bees, okay? Um, and, and that didn't work any better. So I stayed with love. You could say that love is present. You could say love hangs out. You could say any number of things, but... But for me, the thing that is most powerful today in my mind is one of the things that love does that is most powerful in our lives is that love is when we're just with someone. Love withs. And, and Jesus in particular, in, in response to the love of the Father for you and me, all of humankind, Jesus came to be a man, he came to just be with us. Now, Chris and I have to work really hard a lot of times at having enough time to just be with each other. You know, I'm, I'm the lead pastor of this church and that takes a lot of time every week. I, I put in many, many hours in my office and spending time with people and, and, and it's a demanding job from time to time. And as the church grows, uh, the, the demands get greater and greater. And Chris is working a full-time job at the hospital. So she leaves the house usually around six or seven, depending on her schedule. When she gets done with work in, in the mid-afternoon, she a lot of times will meet somebody in a coffee shop. Sometimes she'll meet with me and we'll meet with people together. A lot of times we're in two different coffee shops in two different parts of town. And most evenings we have some sort of engagement. We have prayer meetings on Tuesday nights and we've got staff meeting on Monday nights. And the, the evenings just fill up. And by the end of the week, sometimes Chris and I just feel like we haven't seen each other 
I know that a lot of you married couples feel that way as well. And so one of the things that we do, we make sure that Saturdays are days that we spend together. We try to make that a priority. And sometimes we don't do anything except being with each other. Yesterday was a Saturday and it was a busy Saturday. I had office work that I had to do. I was sitting at my computer for a long period of time and, um, and Chris was cleaning our house because we had a social engagement uh, last night. And so we weren't even together, but at the end of the day, Chris hugged me and she said, I just enjoyed being with you. And I said, we weren't even together. We were in different rooms. And she said, yeah, but we were in the same house. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, sometimes that's enough, right? One of the reasons why it was so important for us to take two weeks of vacation and and we went a long ways away so we could get away from all of you, okay? Um, (laughs) I'm just teasing. But sometimes it's important for us to get far away so that the two of us can just be with. And there were a lot of days on our vacation but that we didn't do anything but sit and hold hands and read a book. We were just with one another. And it's so important. And you know what? God invented that need in every one of us to have somebody to be with. And most importantly, he created us to be with himself. This is how John puts it when he's writing about the advent of Jesus. In John chapter one, he says, the word became flesh. That's Jesus. The word became flesh and did what? Dwelt among us. He withed us. He dwelt among us. And then he says this, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16 says, for from this fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And I studied this verse out because I thought it was interesting. That could literally be rendered. We have received, listen to this, because it's really cool. We have received grace in place of grace. And what John was saying was that when God gave the law, it was grace. A lot of times we think that law isn't grace, but the truth is God gave the law as a means for people to be made right with God. It was through animal sacrifices and all this kind of stuff that you had to do to atone for your sins, but it was grace because if God didn't have grace, he could have just wiped everybody out, right? And then when Jesus came, he gave us grace on top of grace, Because now we're offered this incredible opportunity to come to the Father and say, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to forgive my sins. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to offer sacrifice. I don't have to to earn it. God just looks at us and says, I will pour out grace upon grace on top of the grace I gave you before. Here's more grace. Isn't that awesome? And then verse 17 says, the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then he says this, no one has ever seen God. See, there was this huge separation between mankind and God. Nobody was ever with him, but the only son who is at the father's side, he has made him known. 
That's how important it was for God that he be with you. He sent his son, Jesus. He became Emmanuel and he just bead with us. He was with us. Now let me ask you this question. How, how did Jesus make disciples? I have people at Connect Every once in a while they say, I just, I just want to see more discipleship at Connect Church. I want to see more spiritual growth. I want baby Christians to grow up in the Lord. And I say, I do too. How did Jesus do it? Do you know how he did it? He invited them to live with him. They traveled together. They ate meals together. They worshiped in the temple together. They served the needy together. They watched Jesus perform miracles and then he empowered them to do the same miracles. They just did life together. And without a doubt, there was lots of teaching. The gospels are full of the words of Jesus whenever he would teach them. But it was only part of their life with him because they just lived life together. Emmanuel, God with us. The author I mentioned earlier, Bob Goff, said this, I learned that faith isn't about knowing all of the right stuff or obeying a list of rules. It's something more, something more costly, but it be in, because it involves being present and making a sacrifice. Being present and making a sacrifice. Chris and I, from the very beginning of our marriage, have made a commitment that we want to pass on the gift that Jane Cheryl Taylor poured into our lives. And so for the last 18 years, we have from time to time in, invited people to come and live in our home for an unspecified periods of time. Just come live with us, just be with us. And we'll stay up late at night and we'll watch stupid shows on TV and we'll have deep spiritual conversations. We'll pray together. We just do life together. And we have, we have young men and young women that call us mom and dad. And, and we have relationships that will last an entire lifetime, just like my relationship with my good friends, Jay and Cheryl. And sometimes the most powerful, transformative relationships that we can offer other people, instead of trying to change them, instead of trying to micromanage them, is just to be with them. Now, I know it comes as a surprise to most of you that Chris and I ever argue because we're so perfect, but uh, we do. We do. Let me tell you something that I learned early on in our marriage. Sometimes when we've come to the end of an argument and nothing is solved, and I, like a typical man, put on my Mr. Fix-It hat, and I just want to go to work fixing everything, and I want to fix Chris, or I want to fix myself, or I want to make her feel better. And, you know, how do I get you to stop crying? What do I have to do? You know, I just want, I want to do all these things. And I learned a long time ago that sometimes Chris doesn't really need me to do anything. She just wants me to hold her. Have you husbands figured that out yet? Sometimes your wife just needs you to stop fixing everything. Just be with her. It can absolutely transform a life. So as I wrap up today, can I just give you three suggestions for how you can walk this out? What can your love do? Now that I've told you to stop doing and just be with, 
Let me tell you what your love can do. I want to encourage you first time, first of all, this Christmas season, make sure that you prioritize spending time with God. I know how crazy Christmas gets. My, I, today is December 2nd, right? And it's already crazy. Our life is just crazy. And people this morning have already been saying, get out your calendar. I want to know when I can see you. And I'm like, huh? Ah. And, you know, because it's like every day, every day, it's just, it's just crazy. Listen, it's that way for everybody. Christmas is crazy, but you've got to prioritize time to just be with God. You can do that in, in, in a million ways. Jesus prayed, he fasted, he studied, he worshiped, he celebrated, he waited in the presence of the Lord, but he just took time to be with God. I had a with God moment the other day while I was on Facebook, okay? And, and uh, Jake Good sent me a video on Facebook that was uh, one of those flash mobs where people just start singing in a mall. And they were singing Christmas carols, the ones about Jesus, you know? The, the ones that tell the gospel. And I was busy that day and, and I had Facebook. I shouldn't have Facebook open on my computer when I'm busy, but I did, you know? So that little notification popped up and, and I'm screaming trying to get my work done and that popped up and I saw what it was from Jake. And he's heard me talk about how I love Christmas because the gospel is being sung all over the place. And I just sat at my desk and I watched that video and I worshiped with those singers that were singing in a mall a few days ago. That's, that what, that's what it means to be with God. You don't have to be doing something. Just take a moment, take five minutes to worship. When you hear a worship song playing in the mall, just be with God. Make it a part of your Christmas because Jesus came to be with you. He didn't come to micromanage your life and try to get you to do all this stuff and go to more church and go to more classes and read more of the Bible. He just wants to be with you. Will you do that this Christmas? Secondly, spend time being with your family members. Spend time being with your family members. I had coffee with somebody this week a man who's been married for 20 plus years. And uh, a few years ago, he started uh, coming to Connect Church and, and his life has been growing. He's been growing in his, his walk with Christ and his wife started coming to church and they've both just been morphing as they've been with Jesus. But she's been away for a while and, and, and he's starting to notice some things about their relationship and, and that, that he just hasn't paid attention to. And, and so he's, he's learning some things in her absence. And he said to me, you know, she's the one who knows all our kids' boyfriends. And she knows, you know, all the ins and outs because she just sits and talks with our kids. But I'm the guy, I'm, I make the dinner and I clean up the dishes and I'm doing things and I fix the cars. And, and when, they, when they talk to me, they're calling for advice on how to do something because I'm not really good at all that girl talk kind of stuff. <laughs> And I said, you know what? You need to just be with your kids because she's gone and she's going to be gone for a while, but your kids just need you to be with you. Slow down, start doing all the stuff, stop doing all the stuff and just be, be present, be with them, listen to them. Sometimes I have a hard time. I, I, I don't love all the girl talk either, you know? So sometimes when we're, 
uh, visiting with girls in, a, in particular that have the gift, you know, the gift. <laughs> That's we, what we call it in our family. Chris, Chris knows it when my eyes glaze over and I just kind of go into another place, you know. And so when we're all done, I go, I say to Chris, okay, tell me the high points because I need to know what happened there, right? <laughs> but I've learned instead of getting up and excusing myself and walking away, the power of just being with. And lives are transformed when you are just with them. Here's number three. This one's maybe the most important for us as Christians who are on mission. Spend some time being with someone who doesn't know Jesus yet. I think some of us, if if you've been a Christian for a long time and you've been in a church that preached evangelism, 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 I think some of us have gotten kind of scared about it. You know, because it's a lot of work. You got to memorize all this stuff and you got to write your testimony out and you got to tell them how Jesus has changed your life. And sometimes I wonder if he really did change my life and what if I don't have a testimony and what am I going to say to anybody? And, you know, we just get so afraid, right? Because it's so much work. And the truth of the matter is we can be Jesus in somebody's life by just being with them. Go hang out at McKenzie River, have some pizza. Just be with them. And when an opportunity arises for you to have a spiritual conversation, don't force it. Don't don't try to conjure it up. Just be with the people that God is calling you to. Just be with them. And just like Jesus transformed the disciples, and look, read the Gospels. It didn't happen overnight. Those guys were clueless, okay? But somehow we expect, if if I read the four spiritual laws of somebody, they're going to get saved. Bam, done. Check that off my list for this year, right? (laughs) That's not how Jesus did it. He said, come, follow me, eat with me, sleep where I sleep. It's a king bed. We can fit three. Um, (laughs) Just live life with me. And in the course of time, you're going to see things that will change you. You're going to hear things that will change you. You can be Emmanuel in the lives of the people that you know that aren't walking with Jesus yet. Just be with them. What does love do? Love withs. I know that's bad grammar, but can you say it? What does love do? Love withs. Okay. I I hope that'll just be kind of an axiom around here that love withs. Okay. If you're with somebody special with you this morning, look them in the eye and say, I with you. <laughs> sometimes you need to make, sometimes you need to make that commitment, don't you? I with you. What does love do? Love withs. It withs. I kept my message a little short today on purpose because I'd like us to just have some time to be with the Lord in worship. And so we're just, we're just going to love him together, sing, worship. Um, let's go ahead and receive the offering right away, and, and then we'll get to singing and loving Jesus together. If you'll get your things ready for that. Uh, grab your connection cards as well, if you would, if you filled those out, and you can drop those into the offering basket as the baskets go by. And I just want to invite you this morning to spend as much time as you would like to just withing Jesus.